0: Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration?
1: Somewhere between science and superstition. We have such sights to show you.
2: Strange Eons. Hey, it's Eric Morgrid here from Strange Eons Radio, and I've got uh, Steve Lang we're talking to about all kinds of wonderful stuff. We're hoping he's going to join us occasionally throughout the year to talk about a variety of things, but also Crypticon-related guests, because he is the main stud man. And (laughs) I feel sort of masochist who puts together the guests for the convention. He's also... A deeply underrated filmmaker with the incredible (laughs) Junk Bucket 1 and 2, which I actually really like a lot, available on Blu-ray. Yes, you can get Junk Bucket 2, including Junk Bucket 1, on the same Blu-ray on Amazon. I highly recommend that up because it's great. It's also an improv, (laughs) theater, directing stud and participant. What's up, Steve?
0: Oh, hey, that's definitely the most times the word stud in my name have been used in the same paragraph. Thank you. Uh, yeah. You're always very kind and very supportive, sir. I, I hope you know I appreciate it. Love your work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so today we're just doing a quick little chat on, because, you know, it's early in the year or late in the year, but early as far as Crypticon year goes. And you've got a few guests. So I figured we'd talk a little bit about who you have.
0: We do. And, and you and I have been working on CryptoCon for ages now together. So I feel like I can be more candid uh, with you about uh, some of the nuts and bolts of um, the process of signing guests and how that all works than I might be with uh, someone I know more casually. Okay. Well, because, you know, sometimes I think people don't. Uh, don't know <laughs> some of the some of the either boring parts or the or the tragic parts of trying to <laughs> book guests for a uh, mid-level horror convention in the Pacific Northwest you know there are awesome parts about it too uh, oh, yeah. certainly they, they outweigh the tragic parts but um yes. it's not all it's not all getting to talk to people that you grew up watching and stuff even though I try to make it that <laughs> yeah so uh, aside from talking about who we've already got this year um, do you want me to talk a little bit about uh, just how we kind of attack a guest list? Is that interesting to anybody? Yeah, that'd be really interesting. Uh, all right. Well, so from my aspect, uh, basically, we have a set number of tables, and that dictates how many guests we sign. Um, that can be anywhere from 12 to 15 sort of featured guests given. You know, any given year, how space works out. Sometimes people want more than one table, and then that means that you have to kind of recalibrate um, and decide whether that means <laughs> sure. you're bringing in less guests. Um, and then obviously, I have a budget to work under that is decided by our producer. And while some in certain situations, we can push past it um, for the right person. A lot of times, if, you know, if we were to make really poor decisions on the celeb side <laughs> of things, we could uh, obliterate the convention. We could prevent it from continuing, which is obviously the last thing <laughs> I want to do. Um, I, I'll be the first one to tell you, even though it's my job, um, I don't think that the guests are necessarily uh, what makes our convention special. I get a lot of good feedback from the guests that they enjoy our time with us nice. uh, because of the vibe we have. But <laughs> God forbid, I'm the thing that sinks the ship, uh, <laughs> uh, to put it succinctly. Well, thank you. Yeah. So you know, every year at the beginning, we have a few big names that we want to go after, um, and a lot of times that doesn't work out. And we have a lot of other names too of uh, folks we've worked with before and enjoyed, or uh, folks we've you know never had the chance to have. Um, so it's kind of just playing a little bit of chess. You want to have names to announce, but you don't want to fill up your roster so quickly that you uh, prevent yourself from having other opportunities. So it's a little bit of just mixing and matching and, and not trying to go too fast or too slow. Do you get a
2: lot of outside, uh, non, I don't know how to word it correctly, but do you get a lot of suggestions from attendees and stuff like that
0: of guests they'd like to see? Oh, Lord, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you know this answer <laughs> very well. It's a good leading question because you and I talk about this frequently. Yeah, that's actually one of the hard parts is um, I try to, of course, take into account who people want. But if you were to create some algorithm, um, <laughs> uh, there really is no science to it. Uh, every couple of years, I'll be like, OK, well, this name is really predominant in our um uh, suggestions uh, like David Howard and Thornton last year is a good mm. example. From yeah. Terrifier, you know, movie was super hot last year, and a lot of people were asking for him. So I was like, "Well, that that's natural." But a lot of times, it's so across the map, and then of course, sometimes you get some really outrageous requests for people we could never afford. Um, I try not to be too dickish, you know. Right. I can't say that my taste is necessarily the best taste or anything like that. Everyone's got their different things they like too. And then also you get uh, a lot of solicitations from different agents either that you've worked with before or that you haven't um, for their roster and, and who to bring in. And some years with us, it's, it's trying to kind of push the envelopes on getting different audiences to come to the convention. Um, but I think kind of what we've learned last year is that we're all happier and we, we feel the best when we're playing to our core audience, the people who've been coming to CryptoCon for, you know, a decade or so now.
2: Sort of like, I guess like I, blanking on the guy's name he was a great person and a lot of fun the but the uh, guy who played
0: darth vader oh spencer Yeah, spencer wilding
2: Really? Uh, cool guy.
0: yeah that, that would be us trying to stretch you know but, what we
2: uh, yeah probably not the greatest stretch but man he was a lot of fun to have at the show
0: yeah <laughs> well sometimes that happens too where either you'll get a guest that's great for the show but not so fun to work with i'm not gonna obviously mention any specific names but <laughs> And then sometimes, yeah, you get people who you're like, well, you're not necessarily the best fit for CryptoCon, but you're certainly lovely to work with.
2: I don't know how much detail you can go into this because it involves contracts or anything like that, but uh, the there's a lot of murmurs and uproars, some of it completely justifiably so, some probably exaggerated about having to pay to get autographs at conventions.
0: Oh, Yeah, so because, you know, a lot of us, uh, people my generation, um, that wasn't the way we grew up. Uh, If you went to like a weekend of horrors, um, basically they were there to promote their movies. So, you know, they'll sign whatever you got for free. I mean, they would have merch to buy that they would sign. Like, I remember I would, at my first weekend of horrors, um, back in the day, they were promoting Army of Darkness. And so Bruce Campbell was there and I ran out of things for him to sign. So I would just... (laughs) find excuses to go to his table to buy like a picture just to get to talk to him more and have him sign it. Um, And obviously now that would be a more expensive endeavor. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I think sometimes there's a, you know, there's a large debate about whether they should or should not. Um, I obviously having worked on a convention, understand their, the professional side of it. Um, You're basically asking someone to come and work for free. Granted, some of them would do that, but it's not something you can really fairly ask on a regular basis. Sure, Uh, a lot of times they're giving up other work to attend conventions. Um, Flip side of that is sometimes people do have to cancel because they have to honor their actual career before they, (laughs) you know, honor personal appearances. Um, That's just the name of the game. But as far as like, some people think that a convention should cover those expenses, but then we we wouldn't be able to operate. Um, We Uh, to educate folks who might not know how kind of guarantees work. Um, Basically, with any celebrity, we bring in, um, with a few exceptions, uh, we pay for their travel and their hotel, um, so that basically they have no expenses while they are here. Um, And then a lot of the uh, guests will have guarantees. So say guest X has a $3,000 autograph and photo guarantee. Uh, If they make that amount of money or above it, uh, CryptoCon does not owe them anything at all. Um, say they make $2,000, CryptoCon needs to have $1,000 in cash, basically, uh, <laughs> the final day of the convention, so that they have it when they leave. Because, um, you know, sometimes it's people we've worked with before and they trust us, but, you know, we are an unknown entity to some and vice versa. So it, it's really not feasible, unfortunately, in this day and age to have a convention um, where you have a certain level of talent and, and not uh, have to charge um, if we were to do that, the ticket price itself would be astronomical and <laughs> we would uh, weed out people that way and and then you'd also weed out people who have no interest in you know getting autographs or taking pictures, and that's certainly a sizable portion of the crowd too. Good point well who might this who this year might what was I going to say
2: <laughs> This year who might people be able to get autographs from
0: <laughs> Okay, well obviously i can't. I can't talk about people that were after but have not signed because sure, that sure. is bad form. But we've got, you know, 20 to 33% of our, our roster already. And I'm, I feel like they're all people who are right in our uh, core
1: audience's wheelhouse. The following has been approved for no one PG 13 Horror Can Suck Our Balls. On the afternoon of August 18th, 2008, seven young people in a Mazda pickup truck and a shitty Camry drove to a cabin in Pakigenoma, Washington, to get drunk, high, naked, and fuck. Six of them were never seen again. The next morning, the lone survivor, Cassie Daling, was found in her boyfriend's car, blood caked and screaming murder. The girl babbled a mad tale. A bucket-headed mongoloid living in the woods off hoo has and bingle-bangles, dolls made from human genitalia, her brother, her friends castrated. Washington lawmen mounted a month-long manhunt but could not locate the dickless However, during the last year, over and over again, reports of bizarre, grisly, phallocentric murders have persisted all across the state of Washington. They have grown. They seem to have no end. but he's come back for your junk junk bonds the return of junk bucket the family that severs parts never parts
0: We have Bill Mosley, of course, um, who is one of our favorite returning guests. Not only does Bill have an extensive career of being in many movies that we all love, I gotta say, he's like, out of all the people we've had, he's just so professional in every aspect of the way he carries himself um, and the way he deals with us. We are very lucky that most of the times that is the case. However, he is uh, above and beyond as far as being a pro, and I'm certainly I'm sure that is part of why he works so much, too, because he's probably True. as much of a pleasure to work with on a set as he is at a convention. And as our uh, good friend Doug Jones uh, <laughs> always likes to say, if you're a pleasure <laughs> to work with, people will seek you out to have you back. So that's a good example of that. <laughs> good call. Um, of course, we, we were originally hoping to have both Bill and Sid, but yeah. that is obviously not a possibility anymore. Um, and that makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Um, he was awesome. yeah, multiple times in the past, and yeah, Sid's another one where it's just like he'll go above and beyond for his fans, especially in this day and age too of kind of increasing prices and, and things like that and exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Um, Sid was always very inclusive and uh, always wanted his prices to be something that uh, would not be prohibitive for people to to come talk to him.
2: He uh, also had probably the most if you wanted a Sid picture of anything he'd ever been in, he
0: probably oh yeah, he had, had one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because honestly, for me, I was more interested in the exploitation films he did in the 70s than, than the current fair. That's yeah. my, my memory of uh, the very first Crypticon, where I was just an attendee and I was talking to him about the stuff I liked. And I was like, yeah, you know, I was really big into uh, Pam Greer before I really knew why. And he was like, yeah, they're called tits. <laughs> that, was, that was my first memory of it, so
2: <laughs> That was the year he gave the... Uh- his presidential speech.
0: Yeah, I still have the uh, the flyer from that. The sort of flyer he handed out to everyone with his um with his political mantra on it.
2: Um, I remember thinking it was sort of you know like Bill and Opus or Cutie Pie or some random weird thing of running for uh, office, but mm-hmm. his speech was actually really solid and he really meant it.
0: Yeah. No. No. He did not make a joke out of it. He used it as a platform to actually talk about some stuff he believed in, which. Uh, was mostly in line with what I believed at the time. So, yeah, yeah. Who else we got? We got uh, Felissa Rose coming. Uh, she had to cancel um, a year or two ago. So, uh, uh, I've always wanted to bring her back. We had her in the um, Everett parking garage year. So, oh,
2: she was at that
0: year. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that was that was me going after her that year, too, because uh, I'm a huge sleepaway camp fan. And um, I have very fond memories of uh, doing a live commentary, me, and my friend Celine yes. Ramadan. Uh, she and her baby at the time um, doing live commentary. So uh, we're excited to have her back. She's <laughs> uh, she's just fun. Like you can just inject her anywhere, and she's fun. She's one of the most. Uh, if you see pictures of her at conventions, like she's just always so great to her fans, and just it's fun to be around. So yeah, that's true. Sure. Um, along those lines, too, we got Joe Bob Briggs coming. Joe Bob <laughs> is obviously super busy lately, so I feel very lucky to get him back. Hopefully, we can figure out something to do with him too. Like, I, I'd love to have him host something or riff on something. Um, and I think we've got plenty of time ahead of the show that we can plan something for that. Oh yeah, and if uh, something
2: like that out. I think there's a a room devoted to video that
0: could. That. <laughs> you might even run that room. sir. you might even. Run that. <laughs> Because um, the talk is right now, and I guess this is probably as close as I can get to talking about someone who hasn't signed. Um, Jonah Ray would like to come back. We had a lot of fun with him last year. I sort of gave him an open invite to return any year oh, he feels like it. Nice. So I'd love to team them up. Or um, without getting too specific, um, <laughs> we're thinking about doing a horror, a whole horror host kind of thing this year. Um, so scary. if a few other pieces fall into the right places, then we might get to do a, a whole mashup-y kind of thing. Well, that would
2: be interesting.
0: (laughs) Holy crap. We can have a host off or something. (laughs) Get in touch with all of them and just see what they want to do together, how they want to play together, perhaps.
2: The weird part for me with Joe Bob is I've enjoyed his show. I didn't watch it a lot because I grew up in an area that didn't have it. But his books, uh, Fally Disturbing, is an incredibly deep, interesting, and insightful about messed up movies. Yeah. I think he's kind of
0: underrated. Oh yeah, he kind of gets pigeonholed for the hosting thing, but like that guy does a lot of stuff. He's a, yeah. I mean, he's a writer more than he is anything else to me. So yeah, excellent writer. And the most recent name we've announced um, is David Naughton uh, from American Werewolf in London, and a bunch of other things, of course, um, including, including uh, the most notorious Doctor Pepper commercial ever and the <laughs> hit disco single "Making It." Um, <laughs>
2: Oh, yes. I'd forgotten about that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's in one of my favorite movies of all time, too, which uh is not of our genre. But um, if anyone listening either already enjoys Midnight Madness and is enthused that I mentioned it or has never heard of Midnight Madness, uh go seek it out because it's yes. a, a lot of fun. And it's Michael J. Fox's first movie, I believe. Uh, that's fun trivia. <laughs> that's
2: cool. I didn't know that. I remember yeah. when the. I remember when it came out in, I think that was when it came out in a weird kind of half clamshell box in VHS <laughs> many, many years ago when I was working at Suncoast.
0: Yeah, they used to show it on TV like all the time as a kid and I just loved it. Like all, It's basically like a scavenger hunt movie with all these sort of comedic teams packaged together and uh, ah. Michael J. Fox is David Naughton's uh, little brother in the movie and... Yeah, one of my favorites. And I had met David, like uh, I think, like a decade ago at a convention in the Midwest. And uh, he was just super gracious and warm uh, about me talking to him about um, a whole bunch of things that weren't American werewolf in London. Because um, <laughs> generally my tactic with anyone that I meet is to try to talk to them about the things that most people don't talk to them about. Um, also, I have weird taste. So, yeah, want, I always wanted to bring him in uh, to Crypticon. It just never worked out until this year.
2: Yeah, American Werewolf's a tough one to to pass over, but it's definitely a good tactic when you're speaking with somebody at a convention to bring up something off-brand a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's one thing I've learned over the years, too, of, of handling and assisting celebrities from this genre is that, yeah, generally I'll get farther talking about normal life or something they don't get asked about very often than yeah. I will, you know, asking for the hundredth time that weekend about, you know. Jeffrey what, Combs, what shooting the makeup transformation was like or you know something like that no <laughs> offense to anyone who asked those questions
2: oh <laughs> well, that, yeah that's part of the deal you, you get those and then you go deeper kind of like jeffrey combs let's talk about your one-man show instead of reanimator
0: all right, right. exactly I'm, generally that will bear you more excitement and fruit from <laughs> uh well and honestly in this day and age too it's like when i was a kid i wanted to know the answers to the basic questions because there wasn't you know, hundreds of interviews on YouTube I could find out that information from. Oh, that's true. Uh, I feel like now, you know, general answers to general questions are, are very readily available.
2: That is a good point. Are there, I know you can't say names, but are there any guests you're looking at getting this year that are sort of bucket list for you or anything like that? Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, the main Actor (laughs) already, I'm like, oh, I've gendered them. Um, that we're going after is uh, he's iconic for portraying a uh, certain uh, the other hard part, I guess, is something I haven't mentioned about booking guests is is the timing of the thing. Um, (laughs) because basically, the more they're working, the harder it is to book them farther in advance. Oh, Uh, yeah, then you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot either. Um, so a lot, so. You know, there's probably three or four big names we're talking to right now, but that we have to more or less wait until the new year to get confirmation on whether their schedules will allow them to come to Seattle. Um, And it's a kind of a shell game because honestly, we can't have all of them that we have feelers out for. Um, Plus, you've
2: got, you know, a little bit of competition.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Texas Frightmare is. it's never really only once or twice has it really been like, Oh, they went, Oh, they got the person I've been working on for a while. Oh, that's good. Um, that's good. Most times it's just an easy, like, Oh, well I won't bother that person. <laughs> cause <laughs> it's huge. We can't, you know, compete. Um, sure. For guests with frightmare. Um, uh, but often for me, it's at least if I look at their last year's guests, I'll be like, well, they're not going to go after any of those people cause they just had them. So at least I'll know that won't be like a conflict. There you go. See, that's why you do this thing. That, it's that noggin, man. <laughs> I learn a little <laughs> bit every year. So, And I didn't always start off in this position, so I gain a little bit of responsibility over the years. So I think I'm at the point now where I actually shed a little bit each year because <laughs> we have such, you know, thank God, um, I have such uh, great people supporting what I do. Otherwise, True. it would all go to crap if it wasn't for um, Ryan Fudge and Aaron Severe. Um, you yeah. take care of the guests when they land. All my work would be for naught.
2: Yeah, they're pretty damn good at that.
0: <laughs> yeah. No I mean I, I I tell cool. Ryan all the time, I'm like, Yeah, you're you're the glue here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for you, like that you're there's they're a very large part of what makes Crypticon um the family feel and the success it is. Definitely.
2: <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well I think we've got a pretty good start here. Look at joining again, you know, maybe in a couple months or something like that when you've got a couple more guests lined up or some interesting
0: yeah i would i feel like we're probably going to have one or two announcements before the end of the year but then when the new year hits that's when it'll all the blanks will start filling in because we also learned last year that (laughs) if we're done you know about two months beforehand that uh makes a lot of other things easier when we start booking travel and all that stuff not having to worry about the other side of things yes
2: Oh, yeah. Kind of like the first year with the film festival. I'll stop maybe a month out. That'll give me plenty of time. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. hell no.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, well, we learned that lesson. Oh, hey, if anyone's out there listening to and um, has questions about booking guests and what that's like or uh, has suggestions, feel free to hit me up on the social medias.
2: You can also find
0: contact info at
2: CryptoConSeattle.com. Crypto- Crypto- you can. That's right. Alrighty. Well, I think we'll wrap up here, but thank you very much, Mr. Steve hey, for perfect. joining Anytime us. You want me, I'm
0: here for you. What's that? Anytime you want me, I'm here for you.
2: Awesome. righty. Well, I think we're going to wrap up here and we will, uh, I think I said that already, hey, you know, ending, closing. Our show is recorded somewhere high above Naval Station Everett at the nexus of all realities and is engineered and produced by Eric Margaret. Our theme music is Strange Eons Part 1 by the band Nightshade and is used with permission. Find Strange Eons Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, wherever find part.